Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. I want to end our sermon series that we've been doing. It feels like we've been doing it for a while uh, because we took a break at, at Father's Day and then Taylor kind of picked back up last week. We're going to end this sermon series. We've been talking about uh, the title's been identified. The goal is... I want, I want my life and my goal for you as a, as a follower of Christ, your goal should also be biblically. Other people should be able to tell you're a Christian by, by your lifestyle. They should be able to identify that in you. So what we've been doing, we've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I told you in the very beginning, this is a great uh, illustration or example because this was a church in a culture a lot like ours. Uh, where they had great services and great, you know, experiences, and people were prophesying, and people were preaching, and it was Greek, Greece, and so there all sorts of poets in the church, all sorts of talent, and Paul wants to remind them, you can have all that, but if you don't have love, you're a resounding, gong, and clanging symbol. It doesn't matter what you do here. Let's talk about who you are when you leave these four, these four walls, and so you remember we talked about a few things. Remember we talked about patience and kindness, and last week, uh, Taylor talked about forgiveness, and today I want to end this sermon series talking about something I think is really important. It's going to kind of lead us into our next sermon series next week, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, love's patient, love's kind, does not boast, is not proud, does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Taylor talked about that last week. Then it says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I want to talk to you today about truth. It's actually going to lead us into next week's sermon. I think uh, oftentimes in church, it's hard to not mix uh, culture with, with, with what the Bible says. And so, and, and I've been a pastor that's tried to teach you, we're not going to ever get mad at people that don't claim to be Christians acting like they're non-Christians. That's what's supposed to happen. What we're always going to do is we're going to make sure that us as a church, that our lives are lined up biblically with what the Bible teaches. And so next we're going to start a new sermon series called What's the Line? What's the Line? You ever, you ever, you ever notice like there's, there's even outside the church, it's like, whoa, okay, what's What's the line? Where are we, where are we going? Like, okay, okay, we got to this point, but like, where does it, where does it end? So we're going to talk about some, some, good, some good things like sex before marriage, and we'll probably hit the abortion topic because it's kind of a big deal right now, and I don't know if you know that or not. And so, uh, and we'll hit, uh, we'll probably hit drinking a little bit. What's, what's the line? What, 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 how much can I, can I drink as a follower of Christ? What, what, does, that, what does that look like? Probably talk about something everybody loves, money at some point. Like, what's, what's the line? Like what, how, how much money are you allowed to make as a Christian? How much should you worship money? Like, all, all those things. But what's, what's the line? But I figured if we're going to talk about truth, you first should be a person of truth before you start to point truth everywhere else. You, you know, like, a lot of times we like to tell people the truth, but if you were real, if I was honest, a lot of us, we're not filled with truth. Like, uh, I, I read a quote this week, and I, I loved it. it. It said this. It said, in, in a time of deceit, Telling the truth is a revolutionary act. In a time where most of us, let, let, me, let me just break this down to you. Uh, the average woman, how many of you women, women, just women, women, and put your hand up. Come on, we know what a woman is here. And so, woman, <laughs> and, and so wo- wo- women in this room, how many of you, uh, I don't want to ask you this, but how many of you, if you know, you would say, I'm, I'm pretty good at telling the truth. Well, the average woman tells three lies a day. 
three lies. That's over a thousand lies a year. Everybody look at the women and say, you guys need to change. You, got, you need help, right? You know what's interesting? Interesting, guys, how many guys are in here? Guys, come on, if you weren't, didn't have your hand up last time, guys, ooh, ooh, yeah. Guys tell an average of six lies a day. We lie all the time. We lie to our, does this look good on me? Yes, honey, it looks great. Do I look fat in this? No. Right? Like it's, we, 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 we are professional liars. In fact, I, I read online this morning when I was getting ready for this. I was like, I wonder if there's like a list of like the lies that we often tell. Let's just run through them. Anybody ever tell somebody who tried to call you, you don't get back to them, oh, sorry, my phone died? <laughs> Our phones die professionally, right? My phone died. Uh, my phone, or, or you say, my phone's been acting weird. Sorry, I didn't get your text. My phone's been acting weird. Right? Like, we, we, we tell lies all, all, all the time. Like, uh, let's, let, let, let me just keep going. Uh, I don't really watch that much TV. You're full of crap. I don't really watch that much TV. Uh, let's just keep going. Uh, you ever meet somebody that you don't really want to see, and you're like, it's so great to see you. It's not. We lie all the time. I, I like this one, especially when guys say this. I don't care a, a much, as much about looks as I do personality. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Like, it just keeps going. Uh, I can just read. Uh, when you ever meet somebody, you're like, oh, yeah. They're like, hey, you know so-and-so? Yeah, you know me? I, I remember them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That name's so You don't know them. I do it all the time as a pastor. Yeah, yeah, hey, buddy. If I ever call you buddy, it means I don't remember your name. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all have a go-to phrase. You ever, you ever listen to somebody that explains something to you, and you know, like, this doesn't make sense at all, and you say, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. Like, we are professional, professional liars. You get on the phone with somebody, ah, oh, sorry, I can't hear you. I'm having trouble hearing you. Like, we are professional, professional liars. And so instead of Instead of first saying, okay, let's talk about the truth of what it says in the Bible, let's first make sure that as Christians, that we're filled with truth. That we are, we are people who are truthful almost to a, to a, to a, to a fault. In fact, uh, a lot of times it's like, it's almost like, how do we figure, how do we figure out lying? Here's the thing, we're born liars. Like, I don't know if you, any, any, any of you have kids. Did you teach any of your kids to lie? They just do it professionally. Like, they'll just... They'll just lie. Like, anybody ever have a kid that ate something? You know they ate it. It's on their mouth. They tell you to your face, I didn't eat it. Like, you, you ate it. I put cameras in my house because I was so sick of the lying, and they still lie. Like, go watch the cameras, right? Because they know I don't pay that fee to keep it all, right? And so I get the free trial. Watch the kid. Right? And, like, we're professionalized. The Bible says in Psalms 58, even from birth, the wicked go astray. From, 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 from the womb, they are wayward spreading lies like from the very beginning and here's the thing about it we could either go okay it's fine it's just normal let's look like culture but here's the thing about here's the thing just because it's acceptable doesn't mean it's approvable by god that's even a word but that goes makes you are you with me just because culture says it's not a big deal we all tell white lies we all lie about our weight we all lie about our age you know our age we all lie about this we lie to this we gotta remember you just because everybody else does it doesn't mean it's, it's okay in God's sight. In fact, watch what the Bible says in Proverbs 12. This, this verse was, was weighty to me. The Bible says, the Lord detests lying lips. That word detest in Hebrew means to be disgusted or be made nauseous. 
It's not a little deal to him. It's a big deal. Let's, let's, let's just let's get a little more serious. Some of us in this room have lied to our, to, our, to our spouses about an affair. They just don't know about it. Some of us have, have, have lied on our taxes. Some of us have lied to a boss. We, this week, we, you know, we, we took a day off because we were sick, but you weren't sick. You just needed a mental health break, and you've already taken all of them. You, 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 like some of us have, have lied on tests. Some of us this week, you know, this past school year, we cheated on something. You know, we found the, the, the notes on something, and we got a good, good score, and people congratulated us. Like, we, we, we do it more than we probably want to admit. Some of us just white lie to our spouse this, this, this week. We bought something, and uh, they asked us if, it was, if, if we just got it. We said, no, it's been in our closet for months. <laughs> so, some of us. Some of us were at work, and our, our spouse was calling us to see if we had already, already left. And uh, you hadn't already left, but you told them you had already left, and you don't have tracking on your phone. You ever been busted for that? You're like, yeah, I'm leaving. You're like, no, you're still there. I see it on your phone. <laughs> we, we, we lie. Like, if, if, if we're truthful in this room, like, we don't talk about being true to the world. But let's just... Let's just take a look at our own personal lives, because oftentimes our own personal lives are speaking to other people, and we don't even fully understand it. And just because everybody else does it, doesn't mean it's okay. In fact, I started thinking about why it's such a big deal to, to the Lord that we're people of truth. Well, the truth is, the Bible says in John 8 that when we, when we lie, when we're deceptive, that we're speaking like the father of lies, Satan. That when we speak in lies, when we, when we speak in what I would call deception, I put it like this. When you speak deceptively, you're actually speaking satanically. When you're not sharing the full truth with, with, with people. And I know some people are cute that come to church. They're like, is there ever a time that you can lie? Is there ever biblically a time? And then you go through scripture. I think there has been times in history. Like I think Corey Tinboom, when she lied to the Nazis that you know, about the, the Jewish people that went in her, house, her family's house. I don't think God was like, you're lying. You should be truthful. We know this from Scripture. Rahab in Scripture, she's a, she's a prostitute, and she's hidden two of the Lord's spies, the, the Jewish spies, in her, in her house. And the, 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 the people of Jericho come to find them, and she, what does she do? She says, they're not here. I think there's times when, when, you're, when, you're, when your spouse asks you a question, and you don't answer it completely truthfully because you don't want to what? You don't want to hurt their feelings. Yes, you look beautiful. You don't look a day past 22, honey. Yes, I love, like there's times, like I'm, we're not going to go, okay, is there ever a time? And so I, I want to I define this so you understand this because sometimes we get cute. Listen, sinful lying is done to protect ourselves from consequences for our benefit. Not for the other person. Sinful Lying, sinful deception in your life. When you're not sharing the whole truth, when it's sinful, it's sinful because you're trying to keep yourself let's, away from consequences. And when you run from consequences, here's why God hates it, you keep yourself from closure. When you don't allow the Lord to come into the deception of your life, you keep yourself from moving. And here's what you need to understand about God. He ultimately is worried about the, the betterment and the, uh, the furtherment and the purpose of your life. He has only good in store for you. And so when he says, I want you to walk in truth, what does the Bible say about truth? You'll know the truth and the truth will do what? Set you what? Free. So he wants you to live. I don't know. You ever carry the weight of a lie in your life? It's awful. 
You think God's in heaven going, oh man, I'm okay. Like he's going, I don't want you to struggle with this. I don't want you to carry this. I don't want this to define every area of your, your, your life. I want you to live in, in freedom. In fact, I don't know if you, if you ever heard this story in scripture. It's in the book of Samuel. Uh, you can check it out later. Second Samuel chapter 11. I don't have time because of, uh, of, of how long I have to speak to go through the whole story with you. But the greatest example of what lying does in our lives is, is, is in Second Samuel chapter 11, a story about David and Bathsheba. You, you, ever, you ever read it? And uh, David and Bathsheba is an interesting story. Here's what, here's what I've found about my life. Lying begets more lying. But lying is never the way out. It's always the way in farther. You ever notice that? Like lying and, and makes you have to lie more. You ever been there? Where your lie just kind of evolves. Like, and it just keeps going. And it, it, there's no way out. Like it's, it's, you're not like you're just swimming somewhere and going, okay, I'm going to get out. It would be like getting into the ocean and trying to swim to the other side. You're just going to die, right? Like a shark's going to eat you. And so like this is what lying does. It's not like you lie and you're like, okay, I'm free. You just keep going in deeper. Lying begets lying. This is the story of David and Bathsheba. The Bible talks about David. You, you probably know David if you've, if you've been to Sunday school. He killed Goliath. He was anointed to be the king. He had this great purpose and plan for his life, and he, he ends up becoming king. And for some reason, the Bible lets us know that there's a time where most kings go out to battle, uh, but David stayed back. We, we don't know why, right? But where, when you're not where you're supposed to be, you often get in trouble. Did you ever notice that? Like, it, it's just the way that life is. And so he stays back, and the Bible says one night he goes to the roof of his, of his palace. Now, here's the thing about it. Uh, in that time, most pools or, or, or places you would bathe would be on the roofs of your house. And the reason is the water would sit out all day long, cook in the sun, and it would be perfect, right? And so nobody wants to get in cool water. So you would fill your bath and let it cook all day. And then at nighttime, you would go up to the top of the floor and you would, you would bathe. And most of the time, they were private unless you lived on a higher, a higher you know, building. Guess how? Guess what? The palace was the highest building. And so David goes to the top of the palace and he looks down and he sees something that I think he already knew he was going to see. He sees a woman bathing. In fact, uh, it lets us know that it is her, her ceremonial washing. Now, I don't know how many kids are in here today, so I'm going to be careful with what I say. Uh, but basically, one time a month, you know, the woman would go up there after, you know, and, and then she would wash. And, and here's the thing about it. I think after reading this story, David was fully aware of the, the ebb and flow of the people around. You, you ever, I don't know about you. I've been married 20 years. Like, you ever notice your wife and all of her friends have the same, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, so he knew this girl because he was friends with her husband. This, you're going to find this out in a second. Her husband was off to war fighting the battle for him. And so he knows what's going on. He has a wife in his own palace, and maybe their wives were friends. So he's fully aware, this is the time of the month, according to my calendar, where a lot of these women go up to the top of their, of their, their houses and they bathe. This isn't a chance occurrence. Like, we like to do that. We like fell into this situation. I fell into an affair. I fell into cheating. You know, I fell into, you know, this, this awful sin in my life. You, you don't fall into sin. You walk towards sin. The Bible says he walks up to the top of his roof, and he sees this woman bathing. You've never been in church before. I think this is really funny. Her name is Bathsheba. I think that's hilarious. And so, uh, so he sees Bathsheba bathing. He, he likes her. She's, she's fully naked, and he calls her to the palace. And he's not calling her to the palace to play Parcheesi, if you know what I'm saying. The Bible says he, he sleeps with her, and uh, he gets her pregnant. 
bad news. You ever shocked at the results of your sin? Like try to blame God. Like, God, why would you do that to me, right? Like he's like, he's like oh, what am I going to do? So he comes up with a plan because lying begets more lying. He's like, hey, I got to bring Uriah back from the battlefield. So he brings Uriah back from the battlefield. It's one of the craziest stories ever. Brings Uriah in, tells Uriah, you're doing such a great job. I want to give you a few days off. I need you to go home, spend some time with your family, you know, enjoy your wife, whatever. He sends Uriah out of, of his palace. Uriah won't go home because Uriah doesn't want to get weak legs. So he sleeps outside the palace. David finds him. What are you doing? You need to go home. He says, I'm not going to go home and make love to my wife while the rest of the soldiers are out struggling and sacrificing in this war. So then he's like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to try to get you drunk to make you go do it, right? I'm going to work some things out. So he gets Uriah drunk one night and says, okay, go home. Uriah has enough wherewithal. He goes, no, I'm not going to go home to my wife. And he ends up falling asleep outside the palace. So now David, because lying begets lying, calls up the, the leader of his army and says, I'm going to send Uriah. Uh, and I need you to send him to the front lines. And what's so interesting, he doesn't call him because he doesn't have a cell phone. That was a bad you know, use of biblical, biblical wording. He sends a letter to the leader of the army. Guess who carries the letter? Uriah. Uriah carries this letter to the leader of the army, gives it to the leader of the army. And the letter says, I want you to send Uriah to where the, the fighting is most dangerous. And when it gets fierce, I want you to pull back so he'll die. Because lying begets lying. The Bible says his plan works. You ever lie so much that it's like, it's, it's all good. It's good. It's good. Like, I don't, no one's ever going to find out. And the problem is you serve the one who's sovereign, all-knowing, all-seeing. It's one of the suckiest parts of our God. <laughs> we think about how, like, we, 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 don't, we don't give him enough credit there. We're like, hey, he's fine. He's probably not here with me. He sees right into your inner thoughts, the Bible says. Like, this is why you should constantly be fully aware of who you are, right? Like, you, you know, because you know who you are, but most times people don't see it. But, man, if you would just fully embrace that, it would probably change how you worship and the grace that you're thankful for, right? And so the Bible says he has Uriah killed, and he thinks it's over. The only problem is the prophet Nathan comes to him and says, God knew what you did. He knows what you did. It's not okay. The Bible says that the baby goes on to be, to be born and gets sick, and it dies. And David goes through this, this season. You can read about it in the book of Psalms where you can see him basically saying, man, I screwed up. I, I messed up. And I think to myself often in that situation, how many times did he have a chance to step into truth and for it to turn out just a little bit different? How many times? And here's what's interesting about the story. Uh, we, did a, we did a sermon series a few years ago called Ripple Effect. Like literally this decision and the way that he handled it changed not only his life, but his family's, family's, family's life. Like it, is, it wasn't like just, okay, I had an affair. She got pregnant. She lost a kid. I made Solomon. You know, he became the wisest man in the world. God redeemed it. Everything was fine. No, his family had problems after problems after problems, all based on his inability to walk in truth. The Bible says the truth will set you free. So I want to talk to you about this today. I started thinking about a couple times when, when it's hard for me to be truthful. Like, I got no problem being truthful for the Lord. Like, I, I enjoy it, right? I'll tell you exactly. Like, I'm going to enjoy next week. 
I'll tell you exactly what scripture says. I don't care if you give me a bad review. I don't care if you leave the church. I'm going to tell you what scripture says, right? I'll give you the truth from God. But sometimes it's like, but with me, I want to kind of walk through this gingerly and, you know, figure out how to get my way around it, live a little bit in the gray, even though the truth will set you free. And so I had a couple times, I thought about it, where I struggle with actually telling the truth. First one is this, is I struggle with telling the truth when no one else knows that I'm lying. Like, I tell the truth when no one knows you're lying. I don't have a problem telling the truth when I get caught. Anybody else? And even when I get caught, if I'm honest, I'll try to finagle my way around it so that the, that the ugliness of it isn't as ugly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know when I have a hard time telling the truth, if I'm honest? And I think David, if he was here, tell, he would say, I have a hard time telling the truth when I do something, but nobody knows I'm lying. Like, like nobody is ever going to know. How many times do we think that we're not lying because technically... Nobody knows we're lying. Technically, nobody knows that we're not telling the truth. I remember when I first got married. I got married, you know, in marriage, trust is everything. If I do marriage counseling, I just, I, the, the, the greatest gift that me and my wife have given to each other in our marriage is trust. It, it's everything. Like, uh, but it hasn't always been perfect. I remember when we first got married, we didn't have a lot of money. I was working at a, at a church as a children's pastor, and I lived on a golf course. I lived in an apartment on a golf course. And so, uh, and she was still at school. And so for three months, I was living in my first apartment, eating ramen noodles, right, on a golf course where I could go for free. But I didn't have golf clubs. And I couldn't afford golf clubs. So I went to this golf superstore one day, and they had golf clubs there. And I had started to understand the real good golf clubs are called Titleist, right, and, and brands like that. And, and so I couldn't afford those. But at this golf store, they had this knockoff Titleist set. And it was $200. And I was like, I need that. I got my first credit card at college. I got a T-shirt that gave me a credit card. It was awesome. And so you guys remember what I'm talking about. And I never used my credit card because my parents taught me, don't use your credit card. Credit is dumb. Don't get in debt. Don't buy things today that you can't afford to impress people you don't know. Like, don't do those things. But I needed some golf clubs. So I put them on my Discover card. And uh, we weren't married yet. We were getting married. So our money was going to be one. And I slid them in the back of my 1994 Volkswagen Jetta. And I began to enjoy those indebted golf clubs. And one day my wife came back from school and we were doing something and she opened up the trunk and I forgot to bury them and she saw the golf clubs. And uh, she said to me, I remember like she said, oh, you, what are these? I said, those are, those are golf clubs. She said, whose are they? I said, well, uh, I went to this golf store and they told me I could try these out for a few months. And if I liked them, I could buy them. They're, they're a couple hundred dollars. And, 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 you know, we can talk about this after we get, we get married. We get some wedding money, something like that. Maybe I can make an investment in my hobby, right? But when I told her that, she believed me. And I was like, whew. What had really happened is any, nobody gives you nothing for free. I put those golf clubs. I've been using them for months upon, you know, months. I didn't pay any of it off. In fact, at this point, I was paying interest on it, giving seven bucks a month. And, and, and she knew nothing about it. And the thing is, she went, okay, I believe you. I believe you. And I was like, you ever been there when somebody believes you? You're like, yes. But the truth is when you live in freedom, you tell the truth even though no one knows that you're lying. This is what David did. I got away with it. 
Nobody's going to know. Nobody knows. I killed, I killed Uriah. Bathsheba's fine. She's a woman. She's not going to say nothing. I'm the king. She says something to me. She blows up my spot. I'm going to put her in prison. She's never going to say anything. All my court people that went and got her are not going to say, say anything because I'm their, I, I feed them. Like I'm their, their boss. I'm good. And the problem is God was there. And freedom, that, 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 that's true. Truth that is freedom oftentimes involves you understanding that you tell the truth even though no one's lying. In fact, I put this in my notes. I want you to remember this. You never get away with lying. Lying gets you away from God. Write it down somewhere. You never get away with lying. Lying gets you away from God. God is perfect, and when we want to be close to God, we need to come to him without sin in our life. And when we sin, we're supposed to confess, repent, and turn away from it. But some of us mistakenly think, well, nobody knows, so I'm just walking in my life in this lie, and it's not, it's not affecting me. Nobody is paying attention to it. Listen, when you lie, you are pushing yourself farther and farther away from God. It's not a way out of trouble. It is a way to go deeper and deeper into it. In fact, watch what James says. This is, this is a dawning verse. It says, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. Sin unrepented leads to death. In fact, I've seen this in my life as a pastor. Years ago, we had somebody come into our church uh, that was a new Christian, new follower of Christ. He got his girlfriend pregnant because he didn't follow what the Bible said. He should have got married first. And so, so he gets his girlfriend pregnant. And I told him, I said, you need to get married. I'm like, if you don't get married now, you're never going to get, you're never going to get married. She's going to She's going to go through some changes over the next few months, and uh, you're, going, you're going to need to get married, and you're just not going to like each other very much. And so, uh, but if you're married, you got nowhere to go, so just get married. And so, and I'll tell people that all the time. You get pregnant, get married, right? And so, lock it in, right? Am I, am I, am I telling the truth? You, get your, you go through pregnancy, it's not always fun. I know the pictures look fun, but I'm glad I'm done doing that. And so, so he, got, he, got her, he got her pregnant, and uh, one night she was in a bad mood, so he went out to the bar, and he got drunk. And when he got drunk, he uh, talked to this one girl at the bar that he had never met before, and he went out, and he slept with her. And uh, he came and told me about it. And he was like, what should I do? And I was like, you should tell her, and then you should marry her. He said, I can't tell her, because if I tell her, she won't marry me. So he just stood, stood, stayed there. He just had the baby with her, never told her. Years later, I'd run into him. Hey, how you doing? You get married yet? I never got married. Why? Because I have never told her about that. Had some more kids, had some more kids. It's almost a seven, eight years later, still not married. He's not married because he refuses to, to come clean. And I, I think that's what happens in our lives. Like It's like you can't move forward because you won't let go of what God has called you to let go. And it's actually brought death. Death to the future God has, because you know God has a great marriage in store for him if he would simply obey. God has a great legacy for his, for his kids that could see, and this is what a godly dad does. But what happens? Sin grows in our lives, and because we don't take care of it, it creates death. You're going to be truthful even though no one knows you're lying. Here, here's another thought. Let me just give you one, two more thoughts. You're going to tell the truth. This is a good one. Before you get caught. Come on now. I can't stand. I can't stand watching somebody confess to something after it's come out in the papers. Issuing an apology after they've been caught. You know what I'm talking about? 
You're like, you're not sorry you got, you're sorry, you're sorry you got caught, right? Like, you're not actually sorry. You're like, okay, I lied about this for years, and this finally came out, and now I need to issue an, an apology. This is the path David took, and it's more painful. And I just want to encourage you, get to the point where you tell the truth before you get caught. Everyone walks in truth when there is no other option than that, right? Like, okay, I'm going to be truthful because you have no other option. But instead of being sorry that you and me got caught, okay, now I'm sorry I got caught. I want to get caught because I confess to it. I want somebody to go, okay, we got you, because you came before it happened and you confessed. Let me, let me just explain this, and Laura, you can come kind of play me out. Uh, I know I told you third point. We're going to go second point. And so I haven't preached for a few weeks, so it's just the way that it happens. You just go longer. And so, uh, but I remember a few years later in our marriage, uh, something similar happened. So here's the thing about it. I, I, I'm proud that there's nothing in my life that my wife doesn't know about anymore, right? And so, like, but, but there's been a couple moments in our lives where lies have been told right and so little things but I remember uh a, a few years later we were we were in into having kids and, and married all that stuff and so uh and uh, we were gonna go to a Christian worship concert right and Christian worship concert and so which is kind of weird to say but okay and so a Christian worship music concert you would pay and you go, you go worship. And, and so that's what we did. And so we paid. There was this church called the Vertical Worship Band. They sang this song called The Rock Won't Move. In my opinion, best worship song ever written in the history of the world. And so next to Amazing Grace. And, and so we were going to go see them. And you know how excited we were. I was like, we're going to go see this band. We're going to worship. I'm going to get after it when they sing The Rock. I'm going to fist pound. And I was like, I looked at my clothes. I'm like, I need, I need a good outfit for tonight. And so I was in my you know, early 30s. And we had kids. And... Uh, I knew if I told my wife in the middle of the day I was going to go to the mall, she was going to want to come with me. <laughs> so I got in my car, and it's before locations was, was on our, our phone, and I, and I drove to the Exton Mall, RIP, and, uh, and I went to this store called Cotton On, and I got a few of, of these, you know, what shirts that look like concert shirts, and I, and I wore it that night. And uh, she never knew. And I didn't tell her because I, I didn't want her to not go to the mall with me. I didn't want to bring the kids and her because it would have taken a long, a long time. I, I, we, don't have, we, we don't have, you know, time crunch. I love going to the mall with, with her. But, like, today I was like, I got 30 minutes. I'm going on my lunch break. I'm going to get a shirt. I'm going to look good. I'm going to worship really good. When the rock will move like, I don't have time for all this family stuff today. And so, so I did that. And we got in our car. We were driving to the concert. And uh, as we were walking into the concert, she said, where would you get that T-shirt from? And I, listen, she's about to ruin this night for me. Because what do you do? You tell her, your wife that loves the mall, you went to the mall without her when she was home with the kids that day? That might be death. Or do you go with the good old faithful? I've had this. I picked Asha too. I'm not dumb. And so I said, oh, I've had this. And we went into the thing, and she believed me again. It was like, sweet, so easy, right? I went into the thing, and the whole night, I, I felt like crap. I was like, God, God just get home. I just want to be done with this, and I just want to get over this. And the Bible says to confess your sins, but look at her. God, she'll kill me. Can we just, can you just, Holy Spirit, can you just lighten this? Like, it was this whole thing. The rock won't move. I don't, I don't even remember the song because I was so worried. But I went to bed that night, laid in bed all night, tossed and turned. Felt like such a phony I woke up the next morning, and here's how I knew I was growing in my faith. And I rolled over, and I looked at her, and I said, I have to confess something to you. And it hurt. And I said, I, got, I went to the mall yesterday. And she, what? 
And that shirt that I told you I've had, it was, it was, it, it was, it was new. I just didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to take you and the kids and, the, you know, the whole thing. And, you know, you look so pretty, like all this other stuff. <laughs> and she told me in that moment, she said, if you lie about that, what else are you lying about? And it hurt me because I was like, oh, this is it. And I'm confessing before I get caught. You're supposed to tell me how proud of you that I am, right? I'm proud of you, but you, but you, but you did. And I'm just, but I knew to myself, okay, that's real confession. You don't wait till you get caught. That's not confession. Some of you, you have something in your marriage, and you're just waiting. It, you ain't moving nowhere. The whole thing's a facade. Every anniversary, you can go online, you can upload 1,700 pictures of your spouse. But it's a facade. So you go back and you make things right. Let me tell you something. Lies have a way of resurrected in your life. They have a way of coming back to get you. And so instead, you're going to be truthful long before you ever get caught. That's why I, like, I love when people come to church at the pit and they get saved. And they're, they're, I'm, on the, I'm at the bottom of the pit. But the truth is when you get saved at the bottom of the pit, it's a good place to meet Jesus. But what other options do you have? Where else you tried everything else? I like more when somebody comes into this place and they have all the success in the world and somehow still the Holy Spirit gets to them and says, it's not enough. I found that those people, that they, they consistently grow more because they didn't meet Christ in an emotional response when they had to respond. They met him when they didn't, they didn't really fully, if they really were truthful. I don't know if I fully need this because I'm pretty good, but it's not good enough. Before you get caught, and let me just give you one more thought. This, 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 this one's important. If you want truth to set you free, you tell the truth. Even, because here's what's happening right now. Some of you are going, okay, there's something I need to confess to somebody somewhere. But man, it's going to be expensive. You, you tell the truth even when it's going to cost you. What, what, what was David's reason and excuse? I don't want to lose the kingdom. I don't want to disappoint Nathan, the prophet, who's believed in me. I, 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 I don't want to hurt my calling. I, I, I don't want to let people down. I don't want people, like, all people know about me is I killed Goliath. I played the harp. Like, they love me. I've never messed up before. I've never, you know, given anybody reason to distrust me. And now I've messed this situation up. And if I confess to this, it's going to cost me. And he's weighing out the, here's the cost. Here's the thing. There's going to be consequences for confessing the lie. But the Bible says there's condemnation for keeping it. Do you, do you know how serious the Bible is with, with, with liars? Like we, we do it with everything else. But Revelation 21 says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, the Bible says. Doesn't say the ones that, you know, are really bad. It says all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. You know why it's saying that? Because the Bible is assuming that when the grace of God and the goodness of God comes into your life and the Holy Spirit begins to rule and reign, it's impossible to keep that stuff in. It's, it's impossible to walk in freedom. And what's God about? Your freedom. He, he's about your freedom. I can promise you he hasn't given up on you. He's not disturbed by you. He's not disgusted by you. He's for you, the Bible says, not against you. But he can't release you from that prison that you're in until you go back and confess and let it go. Tell the truth even when it's going to cost you. I remember a couple years ago we went to the Lehigh Valley Zoo. 
uh, for a Christmas spectacular. And that was an exaggeration of what it was called. And so it was expensive. The best part of the night was the overpriced hot chocolate. Like I was like, oh, it's going to be so cool. We're going to drive up Lehigh Valley. They're going to light up all the all animal exhibits. We're going to see all these cool animals. All the animals were put in their cages, and we looked at lights. And uh, we got hot chocolate. And towards the end of the night, we were walking. And my, my, my middle son has a knack for finding money. That's why I keep him close. And so... <laughs> And I'm not lying. He found this wad of cash. Like this, when I say a wad, that's the best uh, word, adjective I can use. Like this wad of cash. And when he found it, I immediately thought to myself, that's going to pay for this night. That's going to pay for this night. And something hit me then. You should probably return the money, right? You're a Christian, you know, all this other stuff. You should return the money. So we took the money back to the, to the place, and they made an announcement over the loudspeaker. And, and I thought... That either A, that we would get the money and they, would, they wouldn't be able to find them. Or B, that when they found the money, they would give us a reward. You know, like, we did the right thing, reward us. Neither of those happened. Gave the money back, did the right thing, you know, didn't lie, just put it in our pocket, keep walking, say it's the blessing of God. And uh, they didn't give us anything. They took the money and they said, hey, thanks, buddy. And they walked. They didn't even pay for hot chocolate. And I just thought to myself, yeah, but was it worth it in that moment? Yeah. Because, because a lie, stealing, you know, being, being lack of integrity, all those things, even though it cost us to do the right thing, what would have the cost been had we done the wrong thing? Walking away with somebody's wad of cash, hurting somebody financially, have that hanging over our head, teaching my son that it's okay, it, you know, it's yours, you found it, it's the blessing from God. And I'm just telling you, there's, there's a time in, in, in your life where you go, you know, I'm going to share the truth before I get caught. I'm just going to be truthful. I'm going to share the truth in my life, even though it's going to cost me. Because here's the thing about Christians. I know that we struggle with that. We're like, man, it's going to to suck. Some of you, it's been years, literally years. It's been been years, and you've walked past it, and nobody knows. You're like, it's it's fine. I'm, I'm going to be fine. I would rather temporarily strain my relationship with somebody else, listen, than permanently separate myself from a relationship with God. I'd rather temporarily rip the Band-Aid off and go back and go through the pain. Hey, I need to talk to you about something. Some of you, it's a confession of of looking at things online you shouldn't look at. Nobody knows. I'm I'm absolutely addicted to pornography right now. I can't stop looking. I need somebody to help me. I need somebody to hold me accountable. I need to let you know as my wife that I'm struggling with this. I've been struggling with this for years. Some of you, it goes even deeper. I've been struggling with this because I was, I was molested when I was a young, young kid, and all these things are going on in my life, and I struggle with it, and I need you to understand. And he, he, here's the problem. If you don't come to that kind of conversation with somebody, eventually it destroys your life. I could give you example after example after example. I need to talk to my boss. I, 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 did, I did them wrong. I, I just I cheated them out of money. I need, I need to confess to this. I need to p- pay this back. Why? Because I'm a fully devoted follower of Christ, and everybody should be able to see Jesus in me. The Bible says about Jesus, all his promises are yes and amen. That he is true to every one of his words. So if you want to look like Jesus, you have to be a person of truth. And what happens when you're full of truth? What does the truth do? The truth sets you what? And God's all about your freedom. He's, all, he's, he's for you, the Bible says, not against you. So what a great day. You know what else is interesting? Today's a celebration, right, of freedom. We live in the greatest country the world has ever known. I thought it was interesting that we ended this sermon series on, on freedom and truth as we celebrate the 4th of, 4th of July. It's just a beautiful moment, right, to go, not only am I going to celebrate the freedom that I have in, in this country, 
but I'm going to step into the freedom that I have in Christ, that I'm forgiven, that if I confess my sins, that he's faithful and just to release me from the, the debt of it, that I can talk to whoever I need to talk to and get, get away from it and live the life God is calling me to live. Amen? Would you stand to your feet all over this place and would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Just all over this place right now. I'm going to pray that God gives you all sorts of crazy courage. That's what I found, the number one thing that Christians need, courage. It takes courage to be a person of truth. Not just true. Listen, it's easy to be true with people you don't know. I'm going to share the truth with this world. Some of you have been bragging about that truth you have in Jesus. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to tell you why, especially in our culture. We're going to talk about it in a couple weeks. Here's why we're pro-life. And you've been standing on that truth. I'm not telling you it's wrong. Hey, but some of you got to lie in your personal life right now. You're lying to somebody close to you right now. You're truthful with everybody else. But, man, if, if somebody were to look into your life, you are a walking hypocrite. So instead of going out there first and yelling and screaming about why don't, why don't you just right now where you're at just say you know what there's things in my life that I need to get off my shoulders and the thing about about it it's more than just confessing it to God that's easy he's not you're not here you don't see him he's not physically standing in front of you it's easy okay God I'm sorry the hard part the part of completion the part of freedom is when you confess your sins to both God and those you've hurt and I can tell you right now, it's powerful and it's effective when you do it before you get caught. My dad used to always tell me when I was a young man, I still hear his voice. He would say, your sins always find you out, son. Your sins always find you out. I still hear it. Your sins always find you out. Even in my life right now, when I'm struggling with a decision that I know is not filled with integrity or lining up with the person that I'm supposed to be, I think to myself, what's the end game? And I hear the voice of my father. Your sins are going to find you out. And I found it to be motivating. I found it to be directing, sometimes even healing, going, okay, man, I got to deal with this. Some of you, you need to get in your car, you need to go somewhere, park your car, don't do it while you're driving, you need to look at your spouse, and you need to come clean. I've gotten us in financial debt. I took on this you know, opportunity, this investment, and it went south, and we are struggling in our finances, and I'm doing everything I can to make it right, but I need to come clean with you. I had a conversation with somebody online that I shouldn't have had a conversation with, and I need to come clean. Some of you, it's, it's, it's Tuesday, like tomorrow you're not working, most of you, Tuesday, I'm going to go into my boss's office, and I'm going to come clean. All you have is your integrity. The truth will set you free. I love talking about, about freedom here, 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 here today because that's what, what Jesus is. He's, he's, a, he's a person who frees you. He's a person who heals. He's a person who makes whole. So maybe you've never been to church before and you've come into this place and you've seen you know, different people from different walks of life and you've wondered about who we are, where we've been. Most of us are just like you. Struggle with, with sin, struggle with shame, broken families. Some of us have addiction in our background. Some of us, listen, we've, we've gone through so many struggles we could talk to you about. And we're still not perfect, but we met Jesus. And Jesus freed us from our sin. He heals us. He makes us whole. He guides us. He directs us. He never gives up on us. And we love to come into this place and worship him.
lift up our hands and talk about his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness and how he never gives up on us. We love to sing about how every victory is found in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, and that Jesus is here. Man, he wants a relationship with you. When we, we talk about church, oftentimes we think religion, but religion is not about a connection or a relationship with God. It's about an action-based thing that man does to kind of reconcile himself to God. So here's all the things that I do, but religion is just empty. We celebrate and worship and lift up the name of Jesus because he represents our opportunity to have a relationship with the one who created us. With the one who molded us and formed us and the Bible says before the foundations of the world was thinking about us that has a purpose and plan for our lives and he provides an opportunity and a way for us to have a relationship with our creator. He died for us. The Bible says he was put in a tomb and on the third day he rose from the dead and when he died and he rose he defeated both death and hell. He paid the price of our sins both past, present and future and he's here. And there's freedom. That's what church is. It's a place of freedom. It's a place where you don't have to fake it. Like, I, I think that is so ridiculous that we come into this place and we fake it. Life, life stinks sometimes. Anybody else agree with me? Life is tough. Life doesn't make sense. Sometimes you want to give up. Marriage is not always fun. Kids do not always listen. We struggle with our past. We're hurt. Sometimes we're angry. But I found all of those situations and scenarios, if I just rest on Jesus, somehow he continues to make a way where there seems to be no way. That's what it looks like. I can't live life on my own anymore. I've tried it. Maybe you're not in the valley. Maybe you're at the top of the mountain. You've gotten everything that you possibly could ever dream for. It's still not enough. You need Jesus. I need the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ. I'd love to pray with you as we close. The Bible says if you are in a place where you know, I, don't, I can't live life on my own anymore. I need a relationship with Jesus. I believe in what you're saying. The Bible says if you would confess with your mouth, and you would believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you would be saved, that he would come in and he would heal you and he would make you whole. So I want to do that today. With every head bowed and every eye closed all over this place, if you would say, hey, that's me. I don't walk in freedom. I'm struggling. I'm crippled by my past. I got so much crap in my life, I don't even know how to get out of bed some days. But I'm tired of it. The Bible says if you're weary and heavy laden, come to Jesus. He'll give you rest. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He's the God of freedom. I need freedom in my life. Front to back, side to side, all over this place. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You say, that's me. I'm not going to make you come forward, but I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in a simple, simple, impactful, life-changing prayer. Come on, if that's you all over this place, would you just shoot your hand straight towards heaven on this July 4th weekend and say, I need to step into the freedom of Jesus' name. I want Jesus to come into my life, heal me, and make me whole. I need freedom in this place. I need freedom in this place. Would you just begin to pray all over this house with me? Lord, we love you, and Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you, Father, for those right now that maybe missed that opportunity to raise their hand, but they would say right now in this moment, that's me. You're speaking to me right now. Jesus, I want you to come in. I want you to heal me, and I want you to make me whole. Would you forgive my sins as far as the east is from the west? Jesus, I want to walk in complete freedom and complete truth today. 
Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray right now in advance for all the courageous, uh, life-changing, that's what I, life-changing confessions and conversations we're going to have with each other. Lord, we are going to be people of complete truth, Lord. The Bible says the truth sets us free, and you have called us, designed us, and saved us to live a life of freedom in the name of Jesus. We thank you for all that. We thank you for all that you're going to do this weekend at our picnic at the park, all the opportunities we're going to have to celebrate with family and friends. We continue to lift up your name and point other people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. One more time, let's shout amen, church. Let's clap together all over this house. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.